Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to the latest One Pass podcast. Today we are joined with a beloved special guest all the way from Michigan, United States of America, none other than Mufti Abdul Wahab Wahid from Miftah Institute and one of five siblings who have all become ulama. Abdul Wahab Wahid. How is everything? Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. It's a pleasure to have everyone. We've been big fans of you. and bless you guys. The work that you've done at Miftah, beautiful. You've hosted likes of Imam Omar Suleiman, Sheikh Hamza, and uh, everyone's personal favorite champion, uh, Khabib, yeah, as well. Definitely. <laughs> so we're, we're, that, we're actually joined with someone who runs the second best podcast in the Muslim world. Jazakallah khairan. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm honored that you even consider it a second best. You MashaAllah. Because no, one path takes the first great, three, MashaAllah. You're doing a great job. Alhamdulillah. Allah bless you guys. How have you guys been? Alhamdulillah. How's your stay in Australia? How are you finding it? I mean, I, I used to hear that Australia is warm and it's, you know, it's the weather is, yeah, we're, we're, us brothers are big water fans. So we like jet skiing and going <laughs> on boats. So in my mind, I thought when I'm going to come, I'm going to hit the water. Mm. And mashallah, it's been nothing but windy. Yeah, you know? it's so very it's, cold. You came in winter. Cold. It's the first day of winter, actually. The day you landed is actually the first day of winter. But it's still better than yeah. our winter. We, we, we have all you see is white snow. So, alhamdulillah. <laughs> we have some beautiful summers in, in Australia. So, we got to come back for in that. Sydney. Beautiful we summers. You'll we'll definitely inshallah. love it here. Mufti Abdul Wahab, uh, I want to take this back. You know, I've actually always wanted to ask you this specific question. You come from a family of five brothers. Abdullah, Abdul Rahman, Abdul Aziz, Abdul Wahab, and Abdul Rahim, Rahimahullah. Five brothers, all have graduated as ulama or uh, muftis. We just graduated as people that serve the community. We're not going to purify or sanctify anyone. But we completed Allah. our studies, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. But generally, take about 10 to 12 years with everything included. Um, alhamdulillah. And so it's five of us, alhamdulillah. Now, for me, that's kind of like a, a miracle story. For me, that's a story that is like to any Muslim parent of five boys or five girls or whatever it may be, any Muslim parent of children, we all aspire to have this dream, mm-hmm. you know. Oh Allah, you know, give us from our offspring, imams, scholars, people that will serve this thing. Now, for me, that's a miracle story. How did it happen? Mm. And from your perspective, what was the cause? What was the impetus? So, I mean, if we want to take it back even further. Mm, take it back to the you know, very I, beginning, <laughs> before I, you were born. Because I think, I you're think, like the fourth from yeah, the five. I think, it all, I think for, for all youngsters, brothers and sisters, this is where the focus is. That it started when our parents met. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have necessarily a unique, um, you know, life-changing story that mm-hmm. once upon a time. There was we were, no apple from like the tree. Was, that, you know, yeah, like, you know, there was, you know, I was going to play a guitar story. one day, like, you know, and I changed or we changed. Um, of course, we had challenges. I mean, mm-hmm. we were born and raised in the States. You know, uh, my, my parents are physicians. They came to the States in 1989. Uh, my father, you know, in, in, worked in, in, in the States as, as a physician for so many years and, and so on and so forth. So th- the idea was, it wasn't 
it wasn't uh, by need it was by choice mm-hmm. right and it was by it was by design so when our, our parents they they met and they were met, they got married the idea was to always whatever allah gives us mm-hmm. we will use it to serve deen uh, regardless of what we have boys girls the idea is that we have to propagate the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we do it the best way that Allah allows us to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then comes the effort. Mm-hmm. Then comes the juhud. Um, one is the, the intention. Um, this is why Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah would say that we have to keep a, a short time frame between the intention and the amal. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we say, no, when this kid grows older, then I'll start the journey. Mm-hmm. Let him grow a little older. The time starts right away. Mm-hmm. There was a, a young mother who, who came to Sufyan Athori, rahimahullah, and she, she said to, to the Imam, Ya Imam, ij'alhu mithlak, you know, make this make child him. like you. And he responded by saying, ta'akharti ya ukhti, you know, you're, you're kind of too late. Mm. I would have, if you came to me while he was in your stomach, on your womb, mm. I would have taught you what to read in the du'as, in the Qur'an. Not saying that we're ever too late, mm. but the idea is that it's also never too early. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we hear that statement being thrown around, which is absolutely correct, right? We're never too late. Hatta yatiyakal yaqeen. And so we leave mm. this world. Uh, but at the same time, we're never too early. That the journey of Ismail began the moment he was born. Mm. So Ibrahim mm-hmm. had to leave him in a desert mm-hmm. with Hajar. But it was that sacrifice. If you were to ask Ismail, السلام, what did you do for this? Mm-hmm. He would say, I don't know, ask my parents. Because it was that sacrifice. That made Mecca, Mecca. Mm. Right? Any land can be fertilized. As long as there is the right type of um, you know, materials used to fertilize it. Mm. And the right type of material or the elements to fertilize the land of America or Australia is tears, is juhud. Mm. There needs to be exactly. an effort that is made. You know, we can only imagine how much our parents had to cry when they let us go. And mm. we went to boarding schools, right? And all five, at one time, all five of us were in boarding schools. So there is constant double thoughts even for us as we became hafil, and like, okay, now I can go into, I can go back to school. Uh, and like, you know what, let me try a few more years. And then mm-hmm. after that, like, you know what, I want to become mufti as well. Mm-hmm. No, I want to, and then in due time, it not only becomes what you're doing, it becomes the sole purpose of your life. And hopefully it stays that way. There's a beautiful dua from our sadaf. Allahumma la tahrimna khayra ma'indaka bishari ma'indana. Which means, oh Allah, do not deprive us of the good that you have because of the flaws that we hold. Mm. Because we are not people, we are not the, the purest vessels mm-hmm. for this pure tradition of knowledge. If anything, we're just echoes. We're just, we're just, we're just there. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the ant was used, mm-hmm. you know, the spider web was used. I guess the, your roots are uh, firm in your conviction, I think. I, I think it starts from there, though. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the way, our, the way you, your household and we generally have some type of ta'aleem or, you know, um, Halaqa in your home on a mm. nightly basis mm. And you see your father who's generally in a, I would end with this point per se In that journey um, A lot of times you, everyone sees their father to be like A superman person like you know mm. everything that your Watch father does like, This mm. like this like you know it's, it's Beautiful mm-hmm. and then you see your father Who's a physician doing all these Amazing things that you think uh, which are amazing Obviously but he's always Bringing um, These people to your house mm-hmm. Who don't look the part of being revered by society. They don't look the part of being honored by the general public, but mm-hmm. your father is always respecting them. Some of them even younger than him. Mm-hmm. And your mother is serving them. You know, and then you, you constantly see this. You're like, why is my dad driving two hours to meet this guy who doesn't know how to speak English? Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, because they were, they were scholars. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They, they had something else to add. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the, we always talk about don't judge the book by its cover. Um, so we should keep that that notion consistent in this regard as well. These are people that served Dean for so many years. So when you saw your father and your parents and your family serving these scholars, I asked my mother once, what do you think? I mean, we're still on this journey. We're struggling. But what do you think allowed us to be here where we are today? Um, and our family has seen a lot of struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, we lost our brother. Not lost, but we uh, saw him transition from this world uh, to the next. Allah. So, I mean, those are moments that you, you kind of think about. You, know, you serve and you see this happen. But So one day we asked our mother, um, but what what do you think? What should we tell people? Like the when they ask they, this like, question, what, like what should we tell people when mm. they ask this question? Because people ask this question all the time. Mm. And she said, if I could think of one thing outside of du'as, obviously mm-hmm. du'as are very mm-hmm. important. The du'a Definitely. it goes its own. It has its own. Um, it has its own trajectory that we don't see. She says that the, the us being able to continue serving scholars mm. and opening our home to people of knowledge. And opening our home just generally, but mm-hmm. specifically to people of uh, of scholarship, of tradition, of of some type of um, knowledge that we can invite them into our home, serve them, and then take their du'as. Mm-hmm. I don't see that today. We we, all, we, we hardly ask like people to make du'a for us. Like, like it's like Invest. I'll make my own du'a. Yeah, 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 it's true. You can make your own du'a, but um, there 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 is a reason why even Sahabas asked each other, "Make du'a for me as well." Mm-hmm. There's there, there's a there's a there's a wisdom behind that. The uh, famous, uh, I think, poem of Imam Shafi'i, "Muhibbu Salihin wa Lastu Minhum La'alla An Anala Bihim Al-Shafaa." And it's, uh, I I love the righteous people, even though I'm not oh. from them, and he was definitely from them. <laughs> but just so that perhaps that I can gain from them intercession, du'a in this instance. 100%. So that's a, that's actually a gem you've actually um, revealed to us that it was from their service. To the people of knowledge, the scholars of old would always have their houses open. I mean, one of the Habib would, um, I think it was in Mombasa when he was in Mombasa, his house would be open seven days a week for mm. anybody to come down and to sit and to learn. And I think these are really important things that kind of it's kind of like a dying art that we don't really have that anymore, mm-hmm. especially we kind of we kind of corner ourselves off into our own little circles and we become a bit more restricted. But you've also talked upon the point of parents, I think that's a really important thing. I remember. Especially on this road of seeking knowledge, I remember Imam Malik's mother. Mm-hmm. What she used to do when she used to, when she used to wrap his turban yeah. and take him to school. She said to the his teachers, to Imam Malik's teachers, uh, "If you were to learn anything from my son, first learn from his patience." Mm-hmm. So I we all, and you know, we're not talking about. It's hard, to, I think, at times to seek and to go into roads of knowledge. But I guess what we're talking about is, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. you've just started. We're talking about the generations of you that have led for you to come at this very moment to uh, arrive at knowledge. I mean, knowledge is often visited upon. It doesn't really visit mm-hmm. you in some sense of, that, of, of the meaning. Mm-hmm. I think, and especially, yeah, sorry. I think, no, you're 100% yeah, like Imam Malik from the Adab. Like he says, 19 mm-hmm. years of the Adab. And then I started learning knowledge. Um, Imam Shafi, rahimahullah, was an orphan whose mother raised him. Imam Bukhari, rahimahullah, was the same. Mm-hmm. So many of our scholars were just their, their parents. I mean, mm-hmm. we often say behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Right, there's people behind the scenes who allow the work to take place. Like the, we're rec- in recording this podcast, mm. there's people behind the scenes that no one mm. will see mm. that are allowing this work to take place. There are people behind the scenes of our life who allow the work to take place. They never get any credit, they don't get any recognition. But without their work, we wouldn't be able to even move. Mm. And amongst behind the scenes, the most important role is your parents. Mm. Right? They, I mean, like they. Sacrifice anything and everything. Um, mm. Everyone sacrifices. You know, cool. uh, there's given. no one in this world mm-hmm. that doesn't sacrifice. It just becomes 
the question that we ask is, what are we sacrificing for? Mm. What is your source of motivation behind your sacrifice, right? Um, like our source of motivation has to be one. The moment our source of motivation becomes conflicting, our decisions become harder to make. Because one is, okay, I need this. I need to make sure my education is completed. My money is like this. But I also want to please Allah subhanahu wa mm. ta'ala. So now they can be in line with each other, but there has to be one dominant source of motivation. So what is our dominant source of motivation? What is our dominant point of reference? Mm. For the Sahabas and for the Salaf, it was one. Is mm. Allah happy with me? And is the Prophet so pleased? And that dominant source of motivation allows your decisions to actually be easy because mm. this is my motivation, right? So one is parents and then definitely your siblings, our older siblings. And pushing one another. They, they, push, they push us, man. I don't think uh, we would be close to where we are without our siblings pushing us. Uh, and if they ever watch, watch in different ways. In different ways. In the right direction. You know, though. I, I think rivalry is, is, is a secondary <laughs> aspect. I think that comes when you're a little older. But uh, just pure love. Mm. I think there's only two people in this world that actually wish for you to go further than them. Mm. One is your teachers. Mm -hmm. And one is your parents and older brothers. Or would, siblings. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Especially yeah, with they the parents. They push you, man. But my, my father always uh, told me, you know, because of the great work that he's been able to do and facilitate, alhamdulillah, he goes, you know, I don't want my son to be like me. And he said, and everyone was just standing. Mm. What do you mean? You're so-and-so. Yeah. You know, of course they, they I guess. But recognize him. Yeah, recognize yeah. him. Alhamdulillah. And they as, said, they, as they should. Alhamdulillah. And they said, he goes, no, he shouldn't be like me. He needs to be better than mm -hmm. me. So I guess every parent would want to have that child to be suppressed. Suppressed him in that sense. It's, it's a genuine love. Like it's when Yusuf goes to his father, you know, to his father, of course. Yeah. And so the, 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 there's there's a lot of there's, there's growing pains in that process, mm -hmm. you know, with your parents and your siblings. Growing it's beautiful. Pains. So well. that that plays a big role. But it comes down, I think, your environment, people around you play a big role. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, Musa was raised in the palace of Firaun. Mm -hmm. There has to be your own effort. There has to be du'as. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever intends to live for the akhirah, mm -hmm. wow. like whoever makes their biggest concern of life, the concern of people and their akhirah, and of akhirah itself, mm -hmm. Allah suffices for them and everything else. So the idea is, is they make a continuous effort. Allah says, look, I will appreciate your effort. It's mm -hmm. the only system in this world that rewards us not based upon our results but based upon our effort which is unique every so, other system is it, it's predicated based on results if you don't bring res even our meetings you know like mm -hmm. is it done there's KPI is, is, yeah. there's, there's, is it not done okay I don't really care how much work you put in it's yeah. not done yeah. right but Allah's system is you make an effort that effort is also rewarded, rewarded there's yeah. a beautiful hadith Prophet says man qur'ana al-karam al Whoever recites the Quran, they will be in the company of the elite angels. Mm. And then he adds on to it as if he knew what the Sahabas were thinking. Whoever struggles and has a hard time getting through, you know, a lot of days he's, you know, we struggle in the beginning, you know, like that, <laughs> that difficulty, they get double the reward because there's more effort attached to it. Mm -hmm. So definitely your parents and siblings and your teachers come into place. So there's, mm -hmm different people that, that are added in your life mm. at the right time mm. right and then as long as you stay true to this to the system and stay true to the effort Allah brings the right people at the right time mm. to motivate you again so mm. even even after becoming you know 
quote unquote scholar or doing your your ilm program or your mufti program there are times where like should i be doing something else and allah brings the right people to motivate you again mm-hmm. so allah brings just like how we hear in the story of yusuf alayhi where he saw this proof from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala people say it was a picture of yaqub whatever mm-hmm. it was but that comes in your life you know and allah continues adding these different elements that allow you to stay motivated and at a point you have to realize that you have to now become a source of motivation mm-hmm. you can't always be you can't always be picked up mm-hmm. now you have to pick others up and i think the moment that we were able to turn that switch on even the trajectory and perspective of your life changes That's now it's not about the prophet if you look into his life he wasn't a person who was wasn't a happy person Lost six of seven children in his own life. Very sad. Very all, all the time. Yeah. I guess like he was still holding. smiling. Yeah. So he has two in Shema. He has these two interesting. I know this is tangent, but no, he has these two interesting qualities or characteristics. One is daimutabassum. He was always smiling. Hmm. But the other is mutawasul ahzan. He was always sad. So he was able to bury his sadness within him, his grief, and majority of his sadness and grief was not even for his family that he lost. Was also was rather for the ummah. Mm. His tears were for the ummah, but he was able to bury that and smile in front of people, because he realized how much that smile meant to people. Mm. Right? Like it means so much to my sahabas that I smile at them. You know, and when he saw Saddam left this world, they had you know the the, the the this beautiful story in regards to him open unveiling himself from his room and smiling at the sahabas for the last time. And Abu Hurairah anhu and Anas ibn Malik they narrate that at that moment we were all able, we were all about to break our salat because of how we could sense his presence looking mm-hmm. at us and we could see from the corner of his eyes that he was smiling you know so that smile meant the world to them he was always smiling at people so the moment something happens I think we experience this after our brother rahimahullah that you know now you feel like okay now I'll just do my work mm-hmm. no you can't just do you can't just do your work. There's more to them. There's more to there's more to your life. There's more to your purpose, and it's to serve the ummah, you know. And whatever that takes, it doesn't matter if it's what we're talking about nine to five or nine to life. Mm-hmm. You have to do what you can, and inshallah, Allah will take care of the different aspects of your life. Not saying that we don't we're we're, we're naive, you can't be naive either, but somewhat committed, you know, like how physicians are when they go to med school. They're just committed. It's not mm-hmm. like the, uh, my brother just he's he's, a, he's an alim. He's finished. Graduated in, uh, as as a scholar in 2012-2013 Then he went in the medical up, um, uh, pathway and, uh, and now he just graduated a few weeks ago And he's going to ortho In America, it's really, it takes longer to become a doctor It's mm-hmm. like nine years, you know So he was committed to it And it was good for our students That, you mm-hmm. know, there's an aspect that you can do both if you want um, But whatever you're doing, you can serve Dean Like, you, mushroom, you guys are not scholars But you guys do <laughs> so much work In your own capacity I feel like yeah. everyone has something to contribute And, you know, your your mother I don't know if she was a scholar, she, but the capacity she feels. In our parents, in our family, there's no one. There is, it's, 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 there's no one that's that's uh, been on this path. Um, our father, uh, you know, and our parents, they decided. It, it, so it, you know, it's not, um, it's not, it's not necessarily, um, you know, something that has to be within your family lineage mm-hmm. or something. That other scholars have, people in your family have done. Um, you can, we can start with our children, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that our children have to become the next greatest sheikh in the world. That should be the niya. Mm-hmm. I want you to become yeah. you know, a great scholar. But mm-hmm. we just do it for the sake of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then let it let it go can, its way. Can I just ask you a question? I think um, within this whole space of I dream or have this grand vision of making my child a scholar or making my child the next imam. There's a lot of times where we actually see that it backfires. Mm-hmm. Especially in our community. Like some people feel like 
sometimes it's forced. Forced into. And I don't want to like you know take this tangent, but I feel like it's important. Um, the Prophet was seen as someone who's always smiling. So there was that love component. Mm-hmm. I want to know, were there any practical methods your mother kind of used to make you love the deen as opposed mm-hmm. to force feeding it and then have it backfire when yeah, you turn yeah. 20 or when you get a bit of freedom? Because we see that a lot, unfortunately. And methodologies change over time. Mm-hmm. And I do think we have to understand where people perhaps in prior generations came from. But from us, it came from it has come from a place of love. Mm. I'm not saying you don't encourage your children, right? Um, if tomorrow someone is going through the path of engineering or becoming a physician, if they say, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do it, you're not going to say, okay, you know what, go ahead, do what you want to do. You're going to encourage, encourage them. You're going to give them tadghib, mm. There is Prophet mm. gave tadghib. Yeah. He encouraged people. He taught them the motivation. He taught them how to remain motivated. And he also taught them why they should be motivated. Right? There's a jannah that's equal to the heavens and the earth. Mm. And that motivated them. It so incentivize them. Incentivize them. Give them mm. reward. I mean, there's a reward system. right? Mm. There's uh, Everything that we do has a short-term effect and a long-term effect. So your parents, they kind of embody that for you. So there's reward. Like oh, after you do this, there's this. Um, but at the same time, I think the environment of the home, it, it sets you up. Mm-hmm. Like It sets you up. You know, when in our countries... Um, if your parents are physicians, you kind of are already set up to become that. Mm-hmm. Just the atmosphere of the home, the setup, the classes you start taking from the age of 13, 14. Mm-hmm. So more important than pushing them and forcing them is to show them, mm-hmm. right? Our children cannot be that which they don't see. Mm-hmm. They cannot become that which they don't hear. Mm-hmm. So if they haven't heard it, they haven't seen it. Again, the whole idea of scholars coming into our home, the whole idea of you know, your parents doing certain things mm-hmm. that you see, um, that automatically turns a switch on especially especially in early ages early as ages. well because i think i think we were reminded in one of the other podcasts is that you play with your children for the first, first eight seven years, years first yeah. seven years yeah. yeah and then and then after that you That'd be a, yeah and then you teach them but so. even in those first seven years like i'm gonna be a bit biased because i've got children yeah, within yeah. those first seven years what, what and, and you yourself yeah so what is your strategy in this time i guess I've, given I've, I've, what I've you've asked my parents yes <laughs> you've asked them for clues. To, to help me man but <laughs> what did you do to raise it's a struggle I, th- I think it's definitely going to be yeah. a struggle but um as long as we know what the end goal is <laughs> right so we cannot be we cannot be um unclear about what where we want to go mm. if we can't be there cannot be a unknown destination it has to be known. This is where I want to be. Mm. This is where I want my children to be. And I say, like, when we start institutions, you know, what you guys started mm. one path, we have a 20-year, um, you know, vision that's drawn out of where we want to be in 20 years. Mm. We, we can't have that for our children. Mm. It's more important than any institution in the world. Where, where do we want to see our children? Mm. And we take baby steps in an institution to reach to the, that point. Mm. You start mm. building it up. One path wasn't always... The mm. you know the, the the greatest or the strongest media Muslim Muslim media Muslim production company mm. that there's there is but now it is one it's, of the strongest. It's okay, come on, just yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. come on, like please, man, You're talking about one path. Yeah. No, no, but but it became that right. So that there needs to be a vision for our children, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. without force, with love, with fadail. This is why it's so important to speak about the fadail of things. Children, like my son, like my son, he's, he's like I mean, he's eight months. Right. But even eight months, like if I ser- if I if I say certain things, do certain things, mm-hmm. you can tell they pick it, up. pick it up. I have yeah. nephews and nieces, a lot of them. Alhamdulillah, we have nine. Um, you know, and they pick up everything you do. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I have one nephew um, who who, um, who he, when they asked him in school, who do you want to become like? He said, I want to become like my uncle. So, 
for some reason it wasn't me. It was his other uncle. I think he made a mistake. You know, I think he made a mistake. But I let him go on that. But he, he chose one of his uncles, right? Uh, and it was the eldest brother, Sheikh Abdullah, which I guess is, there's a bias there. And he's like, he's the eldest. He can give him more AD. <laughs> I can't give him any AD. But and, and, and he drew like a person who's wearing a turban and... And, and I think that's a part because he's seeing these people around mm-hmm. him and he's seeing how much his father loves and respects mm-hmm. his older brother. Yeah, you know, so it kind of has, it plays a big role. And I think it's it's a um, underrated role. It's an mm-hmm. underrated role. You know how they used to say that it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, of course, with all these screens and so on, yeah. they, they play a big role. But it still takes a village to your own family family. to raise your children. With muhabba. Bafsa never used, he taught everything through muhabba. There was, if I can say the one, one story about uh, after Fatih Makkah, and then there was the Battle of Hunayn, so Ta'if and Banu Thaqif that took place. There was these few youngsters who were actually mocking the Adha. Mm. Just because when, whenever the Muslims would come into a land, they would call the Adha. Um, it was a symbol of, of love and, and, and it was an invitation that you know, you're welcome to come in. Mm. Um, nothing more, nothing less. So they called the Adha to these youngsters. We're smart kids. They, they got the words and started mm-hmm. copying. The Arabs, they knew the words. And as we were mocking it, the Prophet heard them and he said, Call for them. Mm-hmm. So the kids that came, they were all like, they're scared. Like, what's this guy going to do to us? So he asked them one by one, Can you repeat the words? So they all repeat the words. And finally, he asked this one youngster, Can you repeat the words? And he repeats the words. He said, I was looking for you. Because amongst the people that were mocking the Adhan, one of them had a very melodious voice. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet was always seeking out talent mm-hmm. <laughs> for the sake of so, Deen. And he heard his voice, like, I was looking for you. Come mm-hmm. here. Repeat it again. And this is all in the, the, the youngsters said, This is all I know. Mm-hmm. So the Prophet taught him the adhan from the beginning until the end. And then he put his hand on his head and he said, That you will become someone that will be used for this. Mm-hmm. So in Makkah, the Prophet made him the mu'adhan. And he remained the mu'adhan until his, until his demise. And he was just like Allah. Start, like, he was a kid, just, was just calling the adhan. Yeah. And his hair, it turned. As he grew older, it turned white. Mm-hmm. But there was one patch that never turned white. Because of what the Prophet said. And they would ask him, was the Prophet touched my hair. Mm-hmm. So it never turned white. So it, there was love and muhabba. Like easily at that time, you're mocking the adhan. You want to show me? You, mm-hmm. I'll show you what mocking looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was love. Come here. You it's know turned what? into a talent. Turn, yeah. And used them. Uh, you know, yeah. used them. You've turned into, I think you've touched upon the foundations of seeking knowledge as well. I think Sidi Ahmed Zuruk was, in one of his books, was talking about it. I think there's three steps. Number one was, um, having that direction uh, that is towards Allah, mm-hmm. you know, and seeking out that knowledge. Number two, and having that spiritual guide with you, who, whoever it may be, your sheikh, your oh, rabbi, yeah, and even your parents yeah, as well. Parents. And then the third one was also keeping the remembrance uh, of Allah oh, to have that Allah. present. In, in today's time, Habibi, now it's it's much more available, mm-hmm. right? Um, the accessibility of knowledge should never take away the beauty of it. Do you, you do know? you think on that note? Um, because I think we have a lot of uh, sheikhs and sheikhs or stars. Alhamdulillah, that. Um, People don't often seek when they're already in their back garden. They're, example, the, they're the most important people. The, yeah, they're the most important people, right? You go all the way. I know some people who go all the way to maybe Tareem and whoever it may be, and they and they say, and they share with reference. Do you know so and so? I've never heard of that name. Oh, but you're from you're hmm. from Australia. This the person's in Australia, so you go all the way around there because perhaps people may think it's and it's not a bad thing of course you should go and seek a knowledge but I think what we have in our own gardens is underutilized there's some of them are unknown in this world mm. but they're known in the heavens where, where, where it really matters right um, but at the same point it's our responsibility if people know us mm. that we know them mm. and that we lead people to them 
mm-hmm. right? And I, I use the example of in, in in the states. I'm sure in Australia the same thing. Like you mm-hmm. have physicians and you have nurses and NPs and you have PAs, physician assistants, and all these different type of people who serve the patient. As a normal person, as I'm sitting in the hospital, I can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. Like they're all coming in and using me as like a you know, just you know, <laughs> yeah, experimenting on me. Um, but they're all serving the patient. Mm-hmm. I can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, the moment the physician walks in, you know who the physician is. Mm-hmm. Because the way that everyone else changes, you know this person is the okay. physician. So that's a bit like yourself, Jack. When you walk in, you have, you have this presence, mashallah. We can, we can feel it. We know that the, no, the no, mufti is no, there. In that same train of thoughts, we know who scholars are. Mm-hmm. People that are watching videos online or studying with Miftah or studying mm. with whoever, watching One Path videos, they may not necessarily know that person is a scholar because mm. there is no white coat that you wear as a mm. scholar. You just live it, right? But we should know them. And it's our job that when they walk in, mm-hmm. we show them the respect that the they deserve. Respect, yeah. And now everyone else will notice that if this person who we see online or who is considered to be a scholar mm-hmm. is honoring this scholar and the sheikh that we've never heard of, mm-hmm. guess what? We don't care what his name is anymore. Even if it was out of respect, uh, I know when I was studying in Malaysia, one of the sheikhs walked by, oh, they, they put me to shame. I was enjoying my dinner after you know, a long day of studies, alhamdulillah. And the sheikh walked by, all the young kids all stood up. And mm. I'm just looking, I'm just... Have my noodles just yeah. in my fork in my mouth. Like, what's going on? And I, and I saw the shaking. All the no. young kids, all the young kids, put me to shame. All stood up. All stood yeah, up. That, that, that's the, in some traditions, that's 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 normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even have to be that to that extent. I mean, respect and love, just getting up to say salam. Mm-hmm. You know, smiling at the person. And if it isn't for his wisdom, then it should be for his age at least. Yeah, or her age. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So yes. I think that's those people in the background who are making. Who are making most of the effort, they should be honored and respected in this world. And Allah will take care of them in the akhirah as well. Ghazali rahimahullah says, if you can add to this, he says, believers can either be farmers or gardeners, mm-hmm. one of the two. Mm-hmm. Then he says, a true believer, a mu'min, will normally choose to be a gardener, in the, as, as an example. Farmers and gardeners do the same thing. They both plant mm-hmm. and they both water their crops or their or their or their plants. But a farmer will consider it to be a failure. If at the end of the year he is not able to harvest his crops mm. and benefit himself and his family through it, because every year it's fallah, he finds mm-hmm. success in it, right? Hence he's called a fallah. If he's unable, to, if the if the crops go bad that year, or if it takes two years or three years, it's a failure mm-hmm. because that my goal was to harvest the crops that year. But a true believer is like a gardener who will plant the seeds and water them for twelve years, mm-hmm. ten years. And never benefit from them and continue watering them. Mm-hmm. And finally a time comes where that garden or that tree grows mm-hmm. and it gives its fruits. It may not even be in that, per- it may that person's be, it lifetime. It may not be in that person's lifetime, mm-hmm. but everyone is still benefiting from those fruits. So mm-hmm. that's why we always, in, in, our, in our tradition, we always send reward and, mm-hmm. and, and make dua for our teachers and their teachers all the way mm-hmm. to the sahabas because that was a garden that they planted. And the beauty of a garden is once you plant it and once it starts giving fruits, it continues giving fruits. Mm. You don't have to keep planting. Now, people will take those seeds and plant somewhere else. Mm. But it's all connected. Uh, and that's what we are. We're, that's we, we're, in service as well. Yeah, definitely. Garden. Even like when you build an institution, the institution should never be for the individual, but rather to serve the people Sorry. after the individual passes mm. away. And that's, I guess, comes back to the topic of legacy. Mm. Um, we'll get to the topic of no, legacy. Sure. But before we get to the topic of legacy, I wanted to touch on the importance of community. Mm. So you went out at Miftah Institute in Warren, Michigan. You built an institution to serve the community. 
Now, this is going to be an educational institution to teach Muslims, train Muslims, and perhaps future scholarship for the community. When it comes to the topic of community, you've got various uh, factions, elements of the community, different cultures, different backgrounds. Um, I can't even imagine what it's like to be in Michigan, Mm -hmm. coming from Sydney, Australia. How well or how did you incorporate this understanding of the different people and the different backgrounds that they have Mm-hmm. To ensure that your institution facilitates for them. Because we're speaking about physicians, right? The best of physicians is the one who knows his people. Knows his people. So how did you take that into consideration when you built this institution? Yeah, subhan, that's a beautiful question. Um, for, first, we, we have Miftah and then we also have a sister organization which started before. It's called Michigan Islamic Institute, which is a full-time seminary, mm-hmm. um, which serves students that come to learn for seven, eight years straight. Mm-hmm. So we, that's also a place that serves at a point of higher level of scholarship. But... To answer your question, you know, you showed me, uh, you, you you all were showing me like your um, your core values, mm-hmm. and one of them was prophetic approach. Approach. Yeah. I think that's the same. The prophetic approach is always the most inclusive approach, right? Um, you know, they say in business, you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you have a system <laughs> that works. Mm, yeah. There is no system in this world that can ever come close to the system of our Habib Salasatsaris, and that is a system which will always work if we. Um, aim to embody it in its truest form. Mm-hmm. How was it possible that this man, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he had no fi- he had no financial benefit for people. Like no one, people were not becoming Muslims because of financial benefit. There was no political benefit in Makkah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no societal benefit. Actually, there was nothing but harm in all three aspects. Mm-hmm. But they were ready to leave everything to become Muslim, and this became the greatest classroom in this world. The methodology was very simple. Right, there was no amazing classrooms, but in this classroom, everyone was an A plus student. Everyone was guaranteed jannah, passing with flying colors. So he made an inclusive community. He was able to found in an inclusive community um, due to his love for people and due to empowering them and making them feel valued. Like that idea, of making people come into your community, into your space, and making them feel valued. Is something that I think we all struggle regardless with. Regardless of class. Regardless, regardless of where you're of where coming from. Stand, yeah. We all struggle with. And at the right level as well. So I, I don't think we're doing a great job at it. But I do think it's a conscious effort. It's not It's not a, It's not not a. a uh, an afterthought. Like, mm. oh, it'll happen anyways. No. Mm. It has to be a conscious effort. Not only based on backgrounds. Also based on uh, or ethnic backgrounds. Financial backgrounds. Uh, people's challenges in their history. Um, um, and also based upon... If they were born Muslim or converted, and so many mm-hmm. different things, so it has to be somewhat inclusive. And the thing that brings us all together is knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge doesn't need to be taught uh, in a biased lens. Teach it in its truest form mm-hmm. um, through love, and I think it will attract people naturally. Um, the, the, you don't have to do much. And I'm use a car example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my brother won't like this because he's a big car guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, you should never use car examples because I'm not really a car guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you don't have to do much to make a Lamborghini look nice. Yeah. You don't have to like tune it up and add new mm-hmm. rims and, you know, it's a Lambo. Yeah. It just looks nice as mm-hmm. it is. You have to do a lot to Honda Civic you know, to <laughs> yeah, make yeah, it yeah. look nice, you know, or to like a Dodge Charger. Mm-hmm. Like, you, yeah, I'm not sure you got a Dodge Chargers here, but like you have to do a lot to make it like Sound nice, look nice, feel nice. Mm. But a Lambo, you just sit inside. You just mm, It's done. That's what Dean is. You don't have to do a lot. We don't put a lot of makeup on Dean. Mm. The problem is when we undo it, mm. like when we remove layers of Dean. Mm. Right? Present it in the and, worst of manners. In the worst of manners. And then, then it becomes a challenge. Like, oh, Dean isn't what I thought it was. 
No, it's because we gave a different compromise per se mm. um, presentation of it or mm. overwhelming presentation at times as well. Sometimes mm. it can be overwhelming to people. So it has to be a good balance, I think, which we're all looking for. You know, the, the balance, waqim yeah. wal bil But once the balance is found, then you stick to that balance. Yeah. And, just, you know, yeah. and showing that, I guess, Islam is applicable to all places, all circumstances, all people. That's the inclusivity of it all. So even if you are in Michigan, you're able to appeal to the American Muslim population. And then, and then even non-American Muslim population to an extent because yeah. it's knowledge, mm-hmm. right? And you're not speaking something which is new or different. Deen, like the approach of deen, yes, methodologies can change, but the, the, the crux of it has always been the same. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And then bringing people towards it. Messiah, love. Yeah. Whatever you can use um, through permissible means, I, mm-hmm. do, I do believe we cannot use impermissible means to create permissible ends. It has permissible means. Whatever we can use, we use it. You know, whatever we have to do, whatever we have, however we have to change to an extent to bring people in. And when they come in, don't treat them like a number. Don't treat them like a customer. Treat them with love, like a sibling. Like it has their own intrinsic value. They should, they should, they should have value mm. beyond the number, mm-hmm. which we which people struggle with. Like it's just a number now. It's not a number. Mm. You know, the Prophet once there was a youngster. In Medina Prophet used to walk in the marketplaces right? This is an example of how he brought value into people And he comes And he comes from behind him And he famous story where yeah. he hugs him And he bear hugs him And he just squeezes him And that person tries to get out mm. And then he notices the Prophet's hands And he just You know Anas ibn Malik says I've never touched any cloth That is softer than the hands of the Prophet So he sees his hands And he kind of eases up And the Prophet says you know, who will buy this slave from me? And it was a joke. He wasn't a slave. Mm-hmm. And he was just, you know, having fun with him. And he leaves him. Um, and as he's leaving him, the man says, uh, If you want to sell me, you'll find me to be very worthless and cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not worth much, man. I don't mm-hmm. have much to provide people. Mm-hmm. I don't have much value. This is where he's coming from. The Prophet sets him down in that moment of humor makes a point that we are still struggling to make to our own children. It makes it such such a subtle, quick point. right? Uh, and it's not done so formally. It's done informally, right? When Abdullah Masood describes Sahabas, he says, there were people, had the best hearts, clean hearts. They had the deepest of knowledge. And they had the least, you know, force made formalities, like force formalities. Just... Out of love, you can speak to each other. He says to him, you know, But in the eyes of Allah, you're very expensive. And you have a lot of value. Mm. And that person, imagine the Prophet saying that to you. Like, oh man, you know what? I can fly tomorrow. You know, like mm. if, if the Prophet is saying that to me, then that's all I need. I don't need anything else. Yeah. If that was to us, like, uh, you know, mate, yeah, you don't have much going on yet, but you mm. know, you need, you need to work on it. You have all the validation you need. That's, that's, all, yeah, you that's, all, you that's all you need. That's all you need, man. So imagine like the impact that has to the psyche of an individual to feel like he's valued by the Prophet of Allah, mm. sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, but definitely starts in your homes, you know, so say it to your children, children, say it to your students, like say it to your attendees. Don't, oh, hey. You're just a number. Thanks for coming. Thanks for, coming. Yeah. Thanks for filling up my Jummah today. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be genuine Bye. love. Like, and then mm. pe- if if emotions, right? If we can gauge emotions, if we can gauge grief without someone saying they're sad, if we can gauge happiness without someone saying they're happy, wow. do you not think we can gauge love without someone saying that we love them? Wow. They can feel it. And yeah. if we don't have it, 
We cannot provide it. Mm. And that source of love must come from a, an everlasting place. And Ghazali says this, Imam Ghazali, he says, if we connect our joy and love to a temporary source, that effect will also be temporal. So work, mm-hmm. family, even family, you know, for us, even though because everyone has to leave. Mm. It has to come from an everlasting source for it to be everlasting. And that source is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that, that they have to f- be able to feel it. In, in Sirah, we only find two times the Prophet actually told people that he loves them from the men. Mm-hmm. Right? One was Ayd ibn Haditha um, and one was Mu'adh ibn Jabr. Mm. Like he actually told them that I love, I you. love you. But every single person felt that they were more beloved to the Prophet than the person sitting next Thanks to them. them yeah. And this can be found in the story of Ahmad ibn As, who his entire life is actually fighting against the Prophet as the leaders of Quraysh. He was actually sent to Habasha to pull the Muslims back when they went from migration in the fifth year of Nabuwa. Entire life he's... And he became Muslim in the sixth to seventh year of Hijrah. Mm. So he only lived as a Muslim for two to three years with the Prophet Okay, so mm. he's only there for a little while. And this narration takes place a few months after he becomes Muslim. So mm. you can imagine where he's coming from. Like, mm. just, like he's a new dude. Mm. He's not only a new person, he's a person that was actually... On the opposite end yeah, for the yeah. longest time. One of the enemies. Right? Extreme. Uh, extreme. You know, extreme opposite. And when they start talking about who the Prophet loves the most, they're like, yo, man, the Prophet loves me more than all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you just became Muslim. Yeah, like, yeah. like, what do you mean? Like, no, I can, if you don't believe me, I'm confident enough to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we can make claims, mm. but we're not confident enough to ask. To the verify person. those claims. Like, we don't want to verify, uh, maybe it is, maybe. Check Google. No, 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 I don't want to check Google. Yeah. We'll check tomorrow, you know, because yeah, yeah. you may be wrong. He was so confident. He was ready to put his respect on the line. And he went and he asked the Prophet ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet says, Aisha. And he was, the Prophet was very smart. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, Radiallahu anha, your mother Aisha. He said, no. From the man. We know that, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to compete with your wife yeah, and your spouse. Yeah, From the men who do you love the most? Mm-hmm. He says, Abuha. And even that, he referred to her. Mm-hmm. He didn't say Abu Bakr. He said Abu Ha. Like it's back to her. You know, his her her father. It's okay. Abu Bakr, we all know. He's you know he is who he is. Who's after that? Where do I? Or Umar? Then who? Then Uthman. Then he said, I stopped asking. Because I I felt bad if I keep asking, I may come at that. Because the Prophet's not gonna lie. He will joke, but he won't lie. But the fact that he could feel that way without the Prophet telling him that I love him shows you how much people feel. How much people can feel loved. Just by our presence around mm-hmm. him, without us without us having to say much, a lot of times we'll say all the words, but mm-hmm. the person will still not feel loved. Mm-hmm. That becomes from our relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Mm-hmm. We build our relationship with Allah not only for ourselves; mm-hmm. we build it for others. Yeah. Right? It's not a selfish relationship. Mm-hmm. It's actually a relationship that should that should be giving to others. Mm-hmm. I think that came. Yeah. Down, it comes back down to the first commandment of Prophet Muhammad Iqra read so that the people may know what is greater than they may know of themselves already mm. you know and it's through through learning as well especially that really comes into light and into effect that's powerful and also I guess this comes back to the point of you know make this bond that we have for the sake of. Allah. I apologize. I hope I answered your question. No, you you, you did. You I, definitely I, did. I, I feel like love. Bad, is, you know, that's, that's why I'm I'm not a good host. <laughs> I'm speaking more than I. Than <laughs> I ask. But love is definitely one of the foundation blocks for building a community, yeah. inclusive community. And at the same time, it has to be tied back to Allah, as we yeah. read in the Quran. Wa'atasimu bihabalillah jamia. Like hold together, 
to what to the rope of Allah under the title of Allahu la ilaha illallah and and know that there is no god but Allah mm. but at the same time wala tafarraqu like right after that it says and don't divide like right everyone hold together love one another but don't divide he would have these debates with people mm. and after the debate he would come to the person and say hey man mm. want to go have some lunch yeah. and the guy's like yo you just like he just, yeah. just slammed you just, you just <laughs> slammed me man like openly you want to have yes. lunch with me yeah. he's like can we not still be friends and disagree yeah, yeah. right it's okay like it's not mm. a big deal I, I heard one story uh, I don't know how authentic it is but I heard that he had a big debate with someone you can verify probably and then he knocked on the door of the guy's house yeah. and they asked him who's at the door he says Muhammad ibn Adris and he goes I thought of everyone named Muhammad ibn Adris and I couldn't think of anyone is it really a chef really? he goes Oh, it's actually Imam al-Shafi'i at his door and he tells him, you know, we agree on a 99 or Percent, 100. You know, Are we going to break our relationship, break our relationship yeah, over yeah, one? Yeah, and, so. and that's where I want to go to next. And, you know, this is a bit of a contentious just, just issue. Just on that point, mm. Imam Hanifa rahimullah's son started, Imam Hanifa rahimullah's journey to ilm began with debating. Mm. Aqa'id. His mm. first niche of knowledge was, was the aqa'id. Um, and, and and then after that he went into fiqh. Uh, there was a certain point that took uh, incident took place, which is for another day, inshallah. But his son was also started debating. Mm. So one day his father says to him, "Why are you debating people for?" Yeah. Within the Muslims, obviously, like within the fiqhi differences and so mm. on and so forth. He's like, "Yeah, you know, oh father, uh, you used to debate as well. Like, you know, like mm. well, you know, why why I'm you why doing, you beating me you. up for it, man? <laughs> like, I'm just doing what you did." He said there was a fundamental difference when we used to debate. We would make dua before going to the debate that, oh Allah, make our brother or sister not falter and make a mistake. Mm. And you all, when you debate, you're just waiting for the other person to slip. Mm. So you can jump on them. Mm. Right? So when Imam Shafi is going to the person's house after he stomped on him pretty yeah. much, out of love, and he's still showing him respect, that person feels valid. That, that person still feels okay with his opinion. And mm. he's, he's all right. For us, when the moment we get our upper hand on someone, mm. and come on, like, it won't even be in something like, Worth arguing about. It can be like something about cars or sports. Like I told you, something so irrelevant. Yeah, you know, like, it's, it's like so mundane. Like it's, yeah. but we we're gonna hold that till our grave. Like yeah, I told you, I was right. And all of us youngsters are culprits of this. And I'm not saying this. That wasn't a parable for modern times. I don't know. It's, it's just like we're yeah, all exactly with today, in today's day and age, rampant with cancel culture. Like no respect for scholarship. Calling out this person. Calling out that person. I think over that's the, where all thoughts most, begin. Is the most, misuse yeah. of your tongue. Yeah. Sorry, most, I didn't get you off. My, most minute of differences yeah. are ready to hold grudges. And I guess this really speaks volumes of what brotherhood actually means. Mm. If your idea of brotherhood is we have to agree on 100% of things, you will have no brothers left. No, no, yeah. You, know, you, you won't even have your own brothers. You won't even have your <laughs> own brothers. So how have you, I guess, been able to overcome this challenge of the very vast differences that are rampant within Muslim communities and bring hearts together? I know Miftah Institute has done a phenomenal job of bringing different organizations mm -hmm. together on the same podium, on the same stage, under the same banner of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. How have you been able to bring these communities together? Communities that could have been, you know, at odds with their mm -hmm. differences. Yeah. And bring those hearts together. I, I think first thing is we haven't done anything. I think it's, mm. I, I think it's, uh, alhamdulillah, people, it's, it's happened. A lot of times, you know, we like, we really haven't done it. It just happened, right? And, and one of the reasons why it happened, because I do think um, it, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's a conscious effort. It's not like, oh, you know, if it happens, it happens. Mm. It doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. In the back of our minds, there's du'as, there's there's a, there's an effort to connect with people despite their differences. I mean, as Shafi rahimullah said, we agree with 99%. Mm. 
So what if we disagree with one percent? Like, does that really matter? Make this Imam Shafi podcast. I know you. No, no, Imam Shafi is taking the counter. But it's one percent. Just let it. Just let it. Let it go. We disagree even at work, at school with our colleagues. We still work at the same place. We disagree with some things that our employers are doing, with our managers that are doing. But we're still going to disagree with a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure this is. But you still do it because you see that you know, yeah, that you see that there's still benefit in it, right? So the moment we don't leave everything else because of it, we don't leave our works because of it, our workplaces. We don't leave our education because I saw something that I didn't agree with. You still go to class. So why would we leave the effort of Dean because of small disagreements? And those disagreements. There are disagreements though. We mm-hmm. honor them. It's not like I don't agree with we have to change for it. Like what you said, overcome. You don't mm-hmm. have to just, you know, uh, just compromise and say, you know, we agree with everything. That's not the idea. Mm-hmm. The idea is we do have disagreements and we'll be able to work together. The second thing I would add is that there's been great love among scholarship. Mm-hmm. So if there was not that type of a khuyat mm-hmm. um, amongst the people that are in somewhat responsible for this. It wouldn't be possible. Amongst so you have, you have like the Sheikh Omar Suleiman's and, and, and Yaqeen mm. Institute, mashallah, who is so loving. Mm. Then you have um, the scholars of Al Maghrib who are so loving. And then you have the scholars of Qadam, Sheikh Abdul Nasir, mm. um, and Mufti Kamani, They're so loving. So there's a lot of love. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and Imam Zayd yeah, Shakir were the pioneers yeah. who are, have nothing but love to give you. Mm. So if you're receiving love, then it's easy. And you're not really worried about Certain that certain aspects of your relationship, you just focused on one aspect. I, I this works out if there is no other incentive except for Dean. Mm. The moment you add secondary incentives mm. that I want to also do this through this relationship, that's when things start to break down. It's no longer for Allah. It's, it's no longer for Allah. Mm. It can be for your institution even, mm. but there has to be one thing. We're getting together. For this purpose For this event And that's it We're not really looking For any other benefit From each other I want you to do this For me afterwards mm-hmm. Or I know you run this business mm-hmm. Can you help me with this mm-hmm. No this is, this is Our relationship was Fundamentally um, Set for only this yeah. Now afterwards We can meet again For something else mm-hmm. And we can have A new relationship But we're mm-hmm. not gonna Obscure our relationship Over here We're gonna keep it For what it was And that love Camaraderie It builds yeah. It builds trust So now It's not as difficult To to, to work together anymore Building Because the there's a lot of love You build bridges mm-hmm. I think it's a conscious effort though I do think it's a conscious effort That we should all take part of That's exactly yeah. I think that, that would answer The question I would, would have asked you Is that people kind of Stuck in their own little bubble But I think that's what you've mentioned If the secondary goal Becomes a primary goal And if maybe if it comes From a, a nafs point of view as well but I think it's like you said, it's very important to reach out as well. Yeah, I don't mind those people that don't do it. Mm. I actually don't mind. I don't mind people who Each say, to you know, their own, I think. I don't mind people well that want to say that I just want to do my own work. Yeah. Yeah. I want to stay focused on what I'm doing. That's perfectly fine because mm. there's there, there's room for that. You know, in order to say, which means like the, 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 the place of work is very vast. Mm-hmm. There's so much work to be done, right? Mm. So there's enough crops to harvest mm. in a sense, right? So if people are focused, let them focus on it. Push yeah. them to focus. Don't mm-hmm. take them away from their focus. Mm-hmm. Like and if that. some institutions are are the bridges, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they have made a conscious effort to do that, mm-hmm. then we should help them to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. Not everyone has to be that though. I, mm-hmm. I, I think then in some ways it would be difficult for those organizations to build the next mm-hmm. generation of imams. So mm-hmm. For example, we have our seminary, our boarding seminary called Michigan Islamic Institute. Mm-hmm. If that started doing this, I don't think it would be able to focus on what it's doing. Yeah. Right, Miftah should do it. That's yeah. that's the idea behind it. One path 
should do it too. <laughs> everyone, everyone should just like, yeah. as long as the, the key point, I guess the key takeaway is that there is that love, there is that respect. One of my favorite adiyat from the Quran is, uh, mm. Don't put a, a hatred or, or rancor within my heart mm. for yeah. those who believe. And we know one of the key features of the people of Jannah. So well, like, yeah. Yeah, we, and that's, we, one, that's one of the greatest uh, blessings of Jannah. Yeah. That that love, that true love, will be manifested in mm. Jannah with nothing in our hearts of you know that that irritation or, or rancor. It's just complete bliss Clean. and love. Yeah. So much love and that you'll be just saying salams what seven seven days at the just straight salam, just salams. Not the superficial salam alaikum. The real. And it's okay if you yeah. have that in this world. It's mm -hmm. okay because we're we're, human human beings, we're humans, human but beings. we have to be able to fight it off. Like it's not supposed to be that. If it was supposed to be easy. To, to, to study for deen at mm. any level. I'm talking mm. about for mm. youngsters, it's available at every level now, right? Mm. There's so many organizations and institutions. If it was supposed to be a, a easy to serve deen, then the Prophet would have found it the so, easiest so. because mm. there was no one smarter, more strategical, more able, more capable mm. than him. But there was a struggle. Mm. And in that struggle, there is a reward. That struggle is what allows us to you know, feel like a sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if we have, ah, I'm not sure if I agree with that. Mm. But you know what? Let me try to fight that and work together. Wow. And sometimes the greatest enemy is ignorance, right? Mm. Like, so just because of ignorance, there's a sense of, oh, this person doesn't like us. Mm. Or this person, I can't work with them. Or we can't work with them. So I'm sure one path doesn't want to work with Miftah. Oh, no, the better. building bridges here. Subscribe to one path. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Miftah. I wanted to, to take it from that point. So you've talked about as long as the juhud is there, the struggle is there. And the end goal, which is, of course, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. And when you pass away, you've left something behind. Mm. So I want to move to the topic of legacy. And on that note, I wanted to play a video, if you don't mind. I'll get you to wear those headphones. On the topic of legacy, we just wanted to play one video and get your thoughts. Close to our heart, but um, legacies—it's—I often say we have to continue finding sources of motivation in the work that we're doing. We can never stop looking for new places of motivation. And I think for for me and for all of us, I think for us brothers and anyone that's close to us, uh, one one of those new found places of motivation was our brother Rahimahullah. I mean, there's not a single thing that we do 
except that you know we have them not in the back of our mind it's in the front of our mind events classes it's i mean it's difficult but um it's, it's more difficult now because you often think of how he would have um been a part of it been able to join help support such a talented person i don't i haven't met very met a lot of people very few people that are perhaps i'm not saying because my brother very talented um so you could as thinking not as an older brother but thinking as a person of institution i would often think of different ways of how he would just help and blossom um, but there was different, different, different plans that Allah wrote. But we take a lot of motivation from Him, you know. Uh, when I'm in town, which normally I'm in town, I travel only on the weekends. Um, we visit Him three, four times a week. So, just, Allah. just, and it's not necessarily um, always for Him. It's more for, 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 it's more for us. It's more for me. Um, the Prophet used to visit the people of Uhud every Wednesday. They're they're in Jannah. They're shuhada. Hamza and Musab, But it was for Him um, to connect again. And he would visit Baqi every Thursday. And this is outside of the janazas mm. that he would take part in, right? Um, that's all you were saying. No, I, I thought that was very, very powerful for those who didn't know that was your brother who um, transitioned from this order. Abdul Rahim. I believe. Yeah, October, October 5th of 2020. October 5th. Yeah, so it's um, almost two years. a few months away from being two years. But, um, you know, my brother, Sheikh Abdul Aziz, who's a physician now, he, he, he's, he, one of the things that he said was, um, you know, may the wounds heal but never seal. You know, um, like it, of course we have to move. There was no darker day in this world than the day that our Habibs also left this world. That was Anas ibn Malik says, "Radiyallahu anhu, لما دخل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المدينة أضاء منها كل شيء، ولما مات النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أظلم منها كل شيء." Because when the Prophet entered Medina, it lit up the entire city. Mm. It was like. Uh, and when he left and he transitioned, it was like the entire city became dark again. Mm. Like this, there was no darker day. And Abu Bakr who comes, uncovers his face, kisses him on the forehead, and he reminds us, You were beautiful when you were alive, and you're beautiful at this point as well. Um, but for us, it was a very dark day. Right? Especially when, I think, the challenge of young, and at the same time, um, you know, Prophet used to seek refuge. Just sudden. Um, and at the same time, just came back a few months before. Um, my teacher, one of one of the teachers at our school, he, he said very beautifully that he came after, but he, he he won the race. Sometimes you're behind in the race, but then you go ahead and win. So Allah This is a beautiful dua. So he left while serving. So now I we often say that we wish we were in his space, not because of not liking life or enjoying life. I mean, I don't think life is supposed to be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe, I don't say that because it's surface level. I really believe life is supposed to be, you're supposed to be content. Mm -hmm. But enjoyment is for the akhirah. That's, the, that's the, 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 the word that Allah uses to define akhirah. It's for huwa fi Enjoyment that is continuously giving you. Mm -hmm. Right? No, no. no two bites of the same apple will taste the same. Mm -hmm. So it's continuous giving. Life is supposed to be a place of being content. Imam Shafiq says, nothing will stay. Everything's going to continue changing. Mm -hmm. But if you're a person that is content, 
then you will be like the king of the world, right? right. Um, so, so, so in 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 that same aspect, Abu Bakr radiAllahu never smiled after the Prophet passed away. Mm. Yeah. Fatima radiAllahu anha for six months, she never smiled. Her best day after the Prophet was leaving was the day she was leaving. That morning she smiled, right? They would look forward to they would look forward to death so they could meet the Prophet again. Where Bilal radiAllahu anhu at his deathbed, when his wife would say, "Wa huzna." What a sad day it is. He would reply by saying, What a happy day. Tomorrow I will meet the Prophet and his companions. What is better than death than to meet your creator? As well as with, with, with Iman mm-hmm. and your loved ones. So it was another form of motivation. And, and really, you, you wish to also leave in a similar way, like the, mm-hmm. in a way of serving, in a way of serving your parents. So he, he was teaching hadith. From eight to twelve thirty, which is the um, the alim program, and in between he had a half an hour break, he, and after that half an hour he would go to the other institute and teach Quran for four hours, so Hadith, Quran, and in between on that day he was picking up medication for my mother, so he's teaching Hadith, the Akhwal of the Prophet and then he's going to serve his mother to teach Quran, like, uh, and in between that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him. So this is uh, one of the last, the last lesson he taught. I didn't know this till his students, the students told me. That was ha- the, the hadith of the dua of janazah. And how to pray salatul janazah. He left on a Monday. Uh, and that was a Monday he taught that. And then he left. So like these are, these are signs. But at the same time, we got to continue working. Like, it wasn't as if a book had stopped working. Like he mm-hmm. said, no, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. We have to continue fighting through it. Um, and use it as a motivation, not as a form of decapitating you mm. and paralyzing you. Because mm. in so many ways, it can paralyze you. And I think us, you know, siblings can be very close, and some of them are not as close. I would consider us to be very close. Allah keep us that way. Mm. Um, especially, he was the youngest mm. um, after me. So it was, it was a very um, close knit relationship. And um, alhamdulillah, yes. we honor that. And, and from that darkness. Allah wants to join us again in the akhirah. This is not. Amen. This is this is just um, an intermission. Mm. And inshallah, we're going to connect again. Ala surim masfufa, ala surim mutaqabilin. You know, we just we're, we we believe that. I I I I feel for those who don't believe in akhirah. Mm. How do you bear you with your pain? Mm. How do you bear with your loss? Like how do you how do you wake up in the morning, mm. knowing that or 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 believing that there is no akhirah. And you won't meet your parents again. Like, well, it's difficult. All that stress, comfort. but no relief. And for comfort. us, it's it's خلاص. Mm. There will be a time where I'll be able to hug him again and kiss him, right? And we'll be able to hug the Prophet And at that moment, we see Rasulullah. You struggled more than anyone, but we saw a little bit of pain too. Is that hopefully that made you and made Allah happy, right? And 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 if we take it the right way, how Ibn Qayyim says, you know, the the, the, the niqma can also be a ni'mah. Um, I do I, from that. I do see that we should know how to console one another. Mm. There's another process, but that's a different discussion. Mm. Our responsibility is not to always tell people that um, you know it's okay. Our responsibility at times is just to be present for people, mm. just give be them there. Just give them a shoulder. On. We don't always have to say, "Well, you know, he's in Jannah anyways." Mm. Well, mm. you know, I got that. Yeah, I but, felt like we, it, it comes back to the earlier discussion we had when you said the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he was smiling the most but he was also carrying that sadness so even in those times of sadness there is a, 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 glimpse, a glimpse of happiness and we're seeing that right here like yes it's okay to cry it's okay now yeah. 
crying is crying is a call of the day. Mm. Uh, our hearts need to be softened. Um, and for us, like, to cry is very easy now. Obviously, our brother. I mean, I, I mean, I, when 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 it first happened, I actually wrote a small poem and I actually mentioned it. And I said, when it first mm. happened, we should we used to hide our tears, but now we walk with pride. Mm. And we're not hiding our tears. Mm. I mean, the Prophet cried in front of Sahabas. It's not a. It's it's just in when Abdurrahman asked him when Ibrahim, radiyallahu transitioned his son. What is this, Ya Rasulullah? Mm. He said, "Hadhihi rahma." This is love. This is mercy. Uh, you know, but we cannot say anything that goes against the accord in, the, in accordance to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And then that's mm. the reality of Inna Lillahi wa Inna Ilayhi Rajiun kicks in. Like that reality is very important. That we always belong to Allah, mm. and we all have to return Return to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But crying is uh, my students. Anytime I'm teaching tafsir of certain ayat, I mean, I cry, and mm. and I don't even hide why I'm crying. I don't even say like hey, I'm crying because I'm very pious, or like no, I'm crying because I miss my brother. Mm. Yeah, right. Allah. That's that's it. There's no like uh, there's no cover up to it. Like sometimes we there's no cover. This is it, you know. And it's not my it's not our spouse, it's not my it's not our children, it's not our parents, it's our brother. Mm. So it's mm. it, this is a different type of love, which I think. All of us experience, and it also teaches us to be more more loving to our siblings, mm-hmm. more caring, more op- more compassionate, um, more generous with our compliments. You know, and those things sometimes letting people know letting people that. know who they are, and mm-hmm. of course making them feel it. But that making them feel it should not um, be like a, a, a scapegoat for not saying it. Mm-hmm. Just say it too at times. You don't have to say that much. Where it becomes, you know, um, sometimes madah becomes fake or exaggerated. Mm-hmm. But say it once in a while. It's good to say it, right? And um, I often say, you know, the tears that we have is what allows the heart to be fertilized yeah. for deen. I think the biggest problem is many of us don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you cry now? Yeah. How? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we think that we have to cry because it comes from a place of like deep, high spirituality. Like mm-hmm. I'm at a different point. Use different reasons to make you tear up mm. it doesn't always have to be something symbolic to deen mm. it can be you know i'm crying because i lost someone it, it can I'm, be very hard because we've become very neutralized in the sense mm. where we're reading our news feeds are bombarded with atrocity after atrocity uh, and it becomes a norm we become desensitized desensitized is the word yes so take yeah. like I, my brother Allah, i will live with on my sleeve till, till we leave not because i feel like he's important like his legacy is important i do think his legacy is important but i also believe that it can help people's hearts soften 100%. right and that's important because if we can find like for me if i, I can use it to cry because i miss him but then use those tears for something else as well mm. it'll be very selfish of us to only use it for that mm. use it for something else so <laughs> some of but but we can use that to cry for other purposes ya allah i'm already crying ya allah protect the ummah ya allah preserve the sunnah of your habib so now you can use it to cry more about something else right it doesn't have to stop there Sometimes what you see online, sometimes thinking about your parents that have left this world or your wherever it is, it's important to visit them. You know, it's good to go, softens your heart. Sheikh Suleiman Mullah was a great scholar. Um, he once said that the graveyard is um, the quietest place with the loudest message. You know, like he's got he's got a ton of he's uh, got a ton of those. <laughs> ton you know, of like that, that that's it. That's he what the graveyard inspire is. Inspire to as, uh, aspire to inspire before, before you expire. You expire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love Sheikh. You know, so, but that's important. What he's like, you just go there. You don't 
mean just that. You don't need anyone to give you a lecture there. But at the same time, how valuable is life? How valuable is life? Life is valuable. So no one should take it as something small or diminish mm. it. You I know, mean, just you appreciate came, it. He came into this world through love and through Allah's mercy, right? And yeah. I think we, we should also reciprocate that. 100%. 100%. But going back to your topic of legacy, inshallah, yeah. I don't want to yeah, go, yeah. Ahead, go ahead and if you have anything on that that specific topic. I know, I know that's where it was going. The legacy that you build behind, um, a lot of times it's, it's based on things that no one saw. Mm. Like his legacy isn't being built because of us. I don't think that's true. I think his legacy is built because of who he is. If any, you just we're magni- benefiting from just him. Just magnified it as yeah, well. No, we're just we're, our legacy is being built because of him, mm, yeah. right? You know, ma madhatu Muhammadan bi maqalati, ma im madhatu Muhammadan bi maqalati, walakin mudihat maqalati bi Muhammada. We have not praised or honored the Prophet by by speaking of him mm. or by implementing his Sunnah. Rather, our life has been honored. And has been decorated or garnished because of his yeah. presence in our life, yeah. and his sunnah in our life, and his name in our life. So, and, and, so it's not his legacy was built because of things that no one saw, right? And we knew about, mm. right? Perhaps others knew about. Um, so a lot of times it's about your relationship with Allah. What do you do when no one is watching, right? And that's important. As much as we do, in the, especially with people that are serving, mm-hmm. like yourselves, mashallah. Um, and all of us, it's important to have some things that no one knows about, mm. right? Like Umar Aziz Rahimullah's wife, she would say about him that at times I would, when her husband would wake up for tahajjud, I would feel his side of the pillow and it would be wet, mm. just tearing. Mm. No one would know about it, right? So it's 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 important to have some things in our life that are very very selfish mm. to us and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and everything else is for everyone. Mm-hmm. So this is why there's a balance. The first, second or third wahi which was Surah Muzammil, which was Ya Ayyuhal Muzammil. Which is your worship mm-hmm. that no one knows about. And the next wahi or revelation was, So part of it is isolation, the other part is assimilation. Like you have to work on yourself mm-hmm. in order for your presence to be felt in the masses. The challenge with us is that we want our presence to be felt in the masses mm-hmm. without working on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Or we work on ourselves so much that we forget, th- that we forget the people. Mm-hmm. Right, um, so there's there, and there's there's duas. We make dua that well, Allah, you know, uh, where Ibrahim alayhi salam would make the dua. Oh Allah, make my remembrance, make my I remembrance something that people think of and do after I leave amongst mm-hmm. the great people. Siddiqin fil akhirin, amongst those that come way after me. So in our ummah, our salat is somewhat incomplete until we mention his name, Ibrahim alayhi salam, right? And he would make dua, imama, you know, make us leaders. So we should make dua for this. It's not something that we should, we're not allowed to ask, you know, for, for a sense of leadership. But we're, we're allowed to ask Allah for it. Right? We can't ask one another. We can ask, oh Allah, oh Allah, make my life a, a less, a, a, a treasure for people to take from. Make my children, make my family, make the entire student body that we have used for khair. I mean, Allah can make everyone, and Allah can use everyone. There's never too many superstars in the NBA. And you guys don't have the NBA. You guys mm. have some like mm. bootleg version, whatever it's called, right? <laughs> what is it called? NBO. That, that, that I'm, hate, not, I'm not even going to say hate. it. <laughs> I feel like it's like, a, it's like, it's makru for me to say it. <laughs> like, but you guys have, and you guys have like another version of football as well, right? Yeah. What do you guys have over here? You have AFL, right? Yeah, AFL. AFL, AFL is pretty NRL. big. Then you have rugby. Rugby, I don't yeah. mess with, man. Yeah. I won't speak bad about rugby because... Yeah. If any of the rugby players just touch me, I'll fly, right? Yeah. But but there's never enough superstars in the NBA mm-hmm. or in, in, in soccer because they're all needed mm-hmm. to build a brand of NBA mm-hmm. or to build a brand of NBL. 
So the more you have, the better it is for the league. Yeah. The more people we have serving deen, the better it is for deen. It brings more light to deen. It brings more presence to deen. Right? So there's so much to do. Right? But it's good to live for a legacy. Right? Guess, it's good to work for it. I guess we kind of come full cycle now. Like we're back at the start with the dua of your mother, mm. which was like the same as the dua of Ibrahim, no, to make this legacy, to have this whole ummah of leaders and, and make our children and our lineage leaders for the Muslim community. So we're back to mm. where we started. And that's like a full cycle. Started with the life, then went to the family. That's why you're the greatest podcast in the world because you guys do and that. Now we're right <laughs> back where we started, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to only take us when He's pleased. I mean, and to make the, the last of our days the best of our days, and the last of our amal, the last of our deeds, the best of our deeds. And when we are resurrected, may Allah make us of those who the Prophet is proud of. You know, I mean, may we plant the seeds and and for that to give the th- uh, give of the fruit, the ripe fruit for our, uh, for those that come after us as well. Inshallah. I mean, Rabbi, you guys are blessed with such a beautiful group of brothers and sisters around you, mashallah, mm-hmm. and people around you that can support each other. This is a rare thing that mm-hmm. most people don't have. So, may Allah keep you all together, mm-hmm. united, mm-hmm. allow the work of one path to also be a work that is a legacy for people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's not it, not sometimes. All the time. It's never about the individual. Mm. It's about the effort. If anything, yeah. we would love for one path to, you know, work even without us, but not even being in this that's, space. That's, that's the idea. For that's to outgrow us, inshallah. Keep making du'a. Taking the du'a of the scholars, as we <laughs> no, mentioned. That's amazing, mashallah. <laughs> allow, allow you all to continue doing your great um, work. And, and, and I'm t- I told them off, off um, camera that, that their work is um, seen across the world, especially um, in our circles. Allah and mashallah, Allah wants to allow it to continue. Amen. Continue playing that role and continue growing in that Amen. in that space and and whatever we can do to be a part of it and to serve will be an honor for us as well. Inshallah, Amen. Allah bless you guys and and inshallah we see each other more often. Inshallah, it's, it's exactly been a pleasure. Hopefully, I don't have to fifteen-hour flight next. Time. <laughs> yeah. You guys can take a flight. If we can escape that, long. there will be more often. I you have to come to the states. You know, yeah. I spoke about come out offline. I said you got to come to the states. Uh, but inshallah, we'll make, we'll, inshallah. we'll plan it together. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to our viewers. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know I did and I greatly benefited from it. Until next time. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.